Hello, everyone, and welcome to Seaview Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareca. We are cosmic beings, beings of light. A single moment of your time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. We are honored every time that we receive one of those moments. We are honored, overjoyed, privileged, and humbled. We serve in your presence. Our shows are held on Mondays and Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time, 9 a.m. Pacific. At any moment to participate on one of our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. All podcasts are easily found in all social media and are available free, live, or on demand. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco, cview1111 at gmail.com, or visit our website, cview1111.net. Call for free at 805-830-8344. Four, four, and wait in line or use Take My Call. And for $11, you can jump the long list of callers. Do so at www.paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o slash 11. And then please PM or email Claudia Pareco with the phone number you'll call the show at cview1111 at gmail.com. Now, let's listen to our host and topic of the day. Thank you, Danny, and welcome everybody to the first Friday of every month where we um, join Sati and her show, Seeking Divinity. Every month, a different topic, every month, a surprise. Sometimes you'll be having channeling, sometimes you'll be having questions answered. But on this year, Sati wanted to talk about our chakra system. And it we're not sure when or where those topics are gonna come because spirit always has some surprise for us. But today we are talking about the third eye the seer chakra or the sixth chakra, depending on what system you follow. And when we talk about the third eye chakra, uh, we're talking about um, discernment that you can have beyond your physical eyes. But there are also some um, physical aspects associated with the seer chakra that uh, Sati will talk. Also, during her shows, there's always time for callers to ask questions. On today's show, we're going to ask you to decide, do you want to have a question on the third eye or seer chakra, the sixth chakra, or a personal uh, question? So it's either one, just one, and be brief, but she'll answer your question. Sati has many years of experience as a gifted, intuitive, and spiritual consultant. And she is bringing this show to humanity so you can have a touch of that. 
There is nothing that she loves more than to share her gifts. If you want to have a one-on-one -on -one consultation, a channeling, a healing, a uh, tune, anything that you want from Sati, you can look for that at www.seekingdivinity.com. And now let's bring the expert to the show. Hey there, Miss Claudia. Hello, everyone who's listening. Hey. We got snow last night. I don't know how anybody else is faring in this early March time, but in Colorado, we can have 65-degree days one moment, and we can have, like, a high of 20 the next in snow. So mm -hmm. it's, always, it's always rocking and rolling out here in Colorado in the spring. Yeah, we're now at, uh, in better temperature-wise here in North Carolina, so I do not envy you, Seth. <laughs> yeah, well, I envy you, I got to say. I know. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for uh, coming to the show today. We have a lot to cover today, and um, I want to be able to take your calls. You know, it's interesting because um, – so many people know about the chakras. It has become a household word, just like the word karma, both of which come from Sanskrit, which comes from, and these words that have become buzzwords, we all think we know what they mean. But the funny thing is, is that I really, I love to ask people, do you know what a chakra is? And the, and the way you say it is with that hard C, like um, hard CH, like you would say church. You don't say chakra, even though they can be shocking. <laughs> but you say chakra, actually, with a little bit of a on that R part. But anyway, that's getting a little too much there. But, um, yeah, so... I always like to ask, does anybody know what a chakra is? And they'll say, oh, it's a wheel of energy. Great. Well, do you know where that comes from? Oh, it comes from maybe your higher self or it comes from your soul or it comes from, like, there's always these wonderful answers. And those are correct. I'm not going to say they're not. But in the physical body, do you know where they come from? Well, then I get, oh, well, it's part it works with this organ or it's, it's part of this area of the body. That's all true also. But again, where does it come from? How is it formed? Where, what made it? I love asking this question because nine out of ten people who say they know what chakras are don't know, including the experts. So let's start there with what a chakra is. Most of us in the West have heard the term meridian line. We all understand to some extent what the meridians are. In Sanskrit, we would call these nadis, N-A-D-I-S. And sometimes I like to refer to them as the naughty nadis because sometimes they can cause havoc, they can also cause wonderful things. So, But these are energy lines that exist in the body, and they exist in the physical body and in all the subtle bodies as well. 
uh, the subtle bodies being like the aura, the energy field, the mental, emotional, spiritual body, um, and so forth. These lines of energy connect all the bodies together, which mean they have to connect to the physical somehow. And they connect through this subtle nervous system that is called the, the nadis or the meridian lines. So if you take one line of energy that would be um, like a nerve, a, a, a line of a nerve, a path of a nerve, or you could think of it like a telephone wire, and you run it vertically through your body, just for example. And then you take another one, and it runs, say, horizontally in the body and crosses the first vertical line. Now you have a conjunction or an intersection where these two meet. Where you have four or more of those lines meeting, you get what's called a marma point, which is a smaller chakra or a chakra, depending on how large these lines uh, are, these meridian or nadi lines, and how many of them are intersecting. Um, the smaller ones are typically considered marma or marmani, um, and the larger ones are considered chakras. So now we know they actually have an energetic counterpart within the physical body. If you look at them or look for them um, physically, like on MRIs or whatever, you're not going to find them. They're not the, the real nervous system, but they run in similar pathways um, in some cases and in others um, are, are completely different. Like there's one that runs from the, the front of the pubic bone up to the belly button. And, you know, there's, there's not really a uh, nerve line that it mimics. But it does often, these lines often do mimic the nerves and how the nerves travel. So that's what a chakra is. And that chakra on that, on that level, on the energetic level, um, allows energy to flow into the physical body from other areas. So um, you could consider these wheels. Oftentimes you'll see them depicted as lotuses, and they're referred to as lotuses, which we're going to get to in a minute as to why. And you see this kind of symbology because um, you want to think of the chakra as symbolized by the lotus as opening and closing. Um, you have a rose or, or a lotus flower. Um, I think in the West we're a little more familiar with roses, um, but they will open and they'll close uh, depending, you know, on obviously their lifespan, but you get the idea. And similarly, our chakras open and close. A lot of people um, see them spinning in either a clockwise or a counterclockwise direction. Um, an energy emanating in through the back of the body and out through the front of the body. The back of the body, just for reference point, represents and is attuned to your past, whereas the front of the body is attuned to and represents your future. And that makes perfect sense because none of us walk backwards that I know of. 
Although, you know, the little kids do sometimes walk backwards, but it's really not a matter of habit for humanity traditionally. So that's why the energy enters in through the back, through the past. And the funny thing is that places you solidly in the present. And I really love that. If you really can think about that for just a moment before we go on and how you literally reside in the present when you're in your body. Of course, that's always the caveat there. But when you're in your body, you are in the present. So when we dwell on the past or we dwell on the future, we are kind of stepping outside of our bodies, outside of our normal habitat. And then we need to be called back to the present. So let's look at another way of thinking of this chakra. Each chakra holds a very unique set of gifts and challenges that are designed only for you, literally. So now there is this overview of the chakras. Everybody has seven main chakras that run up and down the spine of the torso. And they're all the same from the standpoint that you have, you know, the root chakra at the root and the crown chakra at the crown. Um, and they do specific things for everybody in general. But each one for in each individual life, in each individual soul, in each individual physical body, in each um, individual's set of lower bodies, again, the emotional, mental, spiritual, auric, energetic, physical, all of that. All those are very unique to each individual. And each chakra is very unique and holds this unique energy that are either gifts or challenges. And they're designed for you by your soul and also the divine in collaboration. Each one addresses specifically precisely, exactly you on every level, including all of your past lives, all of your future lives, and who you are today. That's enormous when you, again, think of that. And that's why it's so important to try to reside in the present, in your physical body, in the now. Each one offers you an evolutionary opportunity then to dismantle the old and to embrace a new level of awareness of yourself, of your inner being, of all that you might be and all that you are, so that you can consciously step forward towards greater self-knowledge and wisdom and to accept in turn a larger, truer version of yourself as your reality. This is the literal function of your chakras. So, Anodia Judith says, your seven chakras are the blueprint of your soul. They shape, shape your key strengths, challenges, and actions at every level. Why are these chakras symbolized by a lotus in particular. Not really a rose, I was just using that for reference for those of us that really reside here in the West. Well, a lotus is a, a large, uh, very prolific 
symbol in India for purity. And it's interesting because I just said, you know, the challenges and your strengths, your, your blessings, um, each chakra holds these, right? So we don't always think of them always as being pure because oftentimes they do hold quite a bit of challenge for us. But they do so in a very pure, very concentrated form. And that purity of what is totally real for you draws you ever towards purity of self. Because you have the opportunity at every moment, at every breath, at every encounter of these challenges to rise above them to transcend them, to become more of that true self that sees beyond that limitation. Another reason is because this concept of lotuses, each one has a petal. And, you know, there are different types of lotuses. Some have more petals, some have less petals. Um, in the chakra system, some have two petals, like our uh, chakra we're going to be discussing today, as well as thousands of chakras, in, like in the crown chakra. So each one of these petals relates to a prime letter of the alphabet for the energetic language of Sanskrit. So chanting these letters or sounds or syllables opens each corresponding chakra. And there are 50 letters or phenomes or sounds within the Sanskrit language. And there are 50 petals total. For all of the chakras, one through six, we cannot count the seventh chakra, the Sahasrara, the crown chakra, because it's got a thousand or more. And it's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different reality from the first six. So, but there are 50 that are combined, all the way one through six. Each petal vibrates with a certain resonance on a spiritual level or a certain vibration or a certain ray or a certain frequency. And that is represented by each letter. So I hope you find that fascinating. I find that super fascinating. And once you learn what those letters are, you can easily open and close your chakras. But, you know, I would suggest really just kind of looking at them first. And that's why we're starting with number six. Because the third eye chakra, the Agnya, or the Agnya, um, it's spelled A-J-N-A, but it makes that funny little Ny sound in there. Um, when you say it in Sanskrit, that opens your inner eye. It allows you to see inside yourself on all levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, past life, future life, present life, and all of its wonderful cycles and patterns. I mean, it, boy, it opens up everything, helps you to have all of these amazing, what we consider powers, what the yogis consider siddhis. And these are always supernatural, 
always powerful and so should always be approached with caution. And it's funny because here in the West, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, let's talk about the first chakra, the second chakra, the third chakra. And everybody's like, chakra schmakra, get to number six, get to the third eye, get to the one that's going to give me all of the psychic powers and all of the other fun stuff, the phenomena that goes with that. And I'm always like, well, kind of like slow down a little bit. You need to really work through some stuff before you get there. Even though today we're starting with this one. I know I just seemingly made a contradiction. But honestly, once you open up to this inner vision of self and this clearer understanding of self, you really want to go and do the work of the grounding of the first chakra, of handling and working with and understanding and clearing out your desires, which is the second chakra, and really being able to come to grips with your willpower and using it in the correct way, which is the third chakra, right? And then, of course, obviously opening up the heart, which is the next one that everybody really wants to get to. Thank God, (laughs) right? But I usually like to start people with working with the third eye of the Agnya so that they have this opportunity to really use meditation wisely and to really see self in a clearer way because it is the eye to see. There's a saying out there that, is, that goes something like this. You have two eyes but only one to see. And that kind of tells us a lot. So with all of that in mind, we're going to take a a moment and answer a call and then come back to discussing the um, Agna Chakra. How's that sound, Miss Claudia? Sounds perfect. So we're going to go to New Jersey and we're going to bring Sonia. Hi, thanks, Claudia. And hi, Sati. Hey, Sonia. How are you? Good. I appreciate this discussion. Um, oh, good. It's a lot to absorb. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm yeah. one of those. I could speak forever on a subject that I'm really passionate about. No, I understand. I'm, I, for me to, I inter- to whittle it down. Uh-huh. It's tough, yeah. No, I, I, I've always been fascinated by uh, these discussions. I would love a reading, whatever you can pick up on my third eye chakra. I love that you asked about that. Oh, my God, you have my utter respect. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let, me look at your, let me look at your Agnya Chakra really quick. Um, Sonia, I love that. It's interesting because yours comes across as half and half. So I want to say this really clearly, um, and I'm going to say it in a couple of different ways. It's got a vertical line that runs right smack dab down the center. The right side of it looks kind of more gray, and the left side of it looks more like a normal color, which I haven't yet discussed, which is uh, usually a dark indigo blue. And the left one is a little bit more, let's say, not the left one, but the left side of it is a little bit more open than the right side. Um, Now, if we look at the Agnya Chakra by symbol, it is a two-petaled lotus with a circle in the center. And that is 
for specific reasons that it is, it is uh, designed that way. And I could go into this for a long time. I'm going to keep it brief. The last um, one deals with the Edenati or that of the lunar side of being. And the right one deals more with the Pingala, which is the more solar side of being. So for you, what that says to me is that your Edenati, the one that has um, all of the psychic ability involved in it um, is more open than the right side. So being able to use that power is something that you're still working on. Having that power is something that you have. But it's one of those things where I like to say to like my, my Tarot students, I like to say to them, you know, okay, it's one thing to be able to have an answer uh, just like kind of come out of the blue, right? But can you go get it? It's another ball game, right? So that mm-hmm. would be more of the right side of this Agna Chakra for you. The left side is, you know, I'm open, I can receive it when it comes. <laughs> but the right side, I'm not really the greatest at going and getting it. And then being able to understand how to use it and being able to apply it appropriately and being able to make sense of the things that I'm working with, maybe the past lives or the future lives in correlation with the present life. All of that has to do with the solar side of this chakra for you. So I find that very interesting. And I would say that this is something that you could definitely work on with regards to meditation on that particular center. And I can easily speak to you about that off the radio show as to how to do that for you specifically. And we could do that in email at no mm-hmm. charge. Um, but, you know, I really um, think that you're ready for that and um, you're ready to start to integrate these two. How does that feel to you when I, when I say these things to you? Um, yeah, I, I, I feel good. I mean, I have been working on opening up my third eye and, and just, you know, uh, trying to meditate, sit quiet, sitting quietly and trying to open myself up to receiving any insight or messages that I need to know. Um, so there's always work to do, so I get it. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well, I love that you called and asked about that. Did I, by any chance, spur any burning question or bring up anything that you need to know about, anything that I mentioned? Or do you want to just try to email me and we can just kind of chat about things privately? Yeah, let, let's do that privately. I'll, um, I'm, I'll okay. look up your email, yeah, and we'll connect there. Thank you. Appreciate and you're it. welcome. I'll, I'll give you that information, Sonia. Thank you. Thank you, Claudia. And thank you're you, welcome. Sati. You're welcome, Miss Sonia. Okay, so getting back to our conversation. Um, so the Agnya Chakra Everybody's going to run around now for the rest of the day going, agnya, agnya, <laughs> um, which is a good thing to do because that in and of itself will help to open that chakra for you. So the English translation it kind of comes in a, in a couple of ways. So it's to perceive, to know, to control. It is the command wheel, which is like one of the major uh, interpretations. It is also unlimited power 
And again, that's why I say to people, you know, you really want to work on the first couple of chakras before you jump to the advanced one so that when you get there, you're able to work with it well and you don't have it create challenges because it can. Opening it too quickly, too soon when you're not ready or when you're not grounded can, can cause some challenges, um, and, and they aren't fun. I'll tell you from experience, they are not always fun. Now, when you're grounded and balanced and things are working really well, it can be like such a super fun chakra to work with, which is why everybody wants to go there first, right? But I always suggest that you do the work along with it. Okay, so it is found between and slightly above the eyebrows, right in between the ears. So if you were to draw a line back through that center of the eyebrows and then through the ears, where that connects in the center of the brain is uh, where the chakra is actually found, near what is the part of the brain called the hippocampus, which um, interestingly enough deals with our memories, both long and short term. And you know, you have to think that the ancient yogis perceived of this chakra thousands of years ago before we brain dissections and we knew what they did. Funny enough how this chakra is always associated with long and short-term memories from a this-lifetime standpoint and a past lifetime standpoint and a future lifetime standpoint. I find that fascinating. It also deals with the pituitary gland. And this is something that a lot of people get confused with. Always people are like, oh, is it the pineal or the pituitary? The pineal deals with the crown chakra and the pituitary deals with this chakra. And again, because that gland is the master gland. There's always these correlations on a physical level, which is so fascinating to me. The master gland deals with all of the other glands. It tells them when to fire, when not to fire by sending out hormones. The pineal gland does not do this. So again, knowing that this word agnya is translated into the command wheel, the master, where you actually, the objective of this chakra is to gain mastery of self, totally like correlate and and totally follow suit with what the gland itself does. I love that. You can always, like, it's like math. You can always do addition to check your subtraction or vice versa, right? So, yeah, it deals with the eyes, some brain function, memory, um, ears, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Um, The pituitary, the hypothalamus, um, it deals with the optic nerves um, and all of the things that the central portion of the brain deals with, like the, the right and left hemispheres, which is something that Sonia was just kind of working with. And, and that's something, again, why it came up to me as this vertical line um, in which she was able to uh, really work more with the left side versus the right side. And she's working on trying to open both up and balance them, right? One of the main things that it does is gives you – um, this really super hyper perception. 
And this hyperperception means that you can see things that others don't see, whether in other people or whether in an area that you're in, maybe that's a house or maybe that's within nature or maybe that's in a past life or a future life or again, even in the past of this lifetime, that heightened sense of perception and spiritual perception as well, being able to speak with your guide. So it's not just the voyance, the clairvoyance, the visions, being able to see. It's also being able to hear because it's right there in between the, brain, the ears, right in the center of the brain. So um, deals with the auditory nerve. But hearing your guides and hearing uh, that of your soul and, and being able to really understand what's being said. So it's, it's that, again, perceptive quality. Yes, I can perceive of this vision. I can perceive of this um, set of information that's coming through my guides. But to perceive of it also in the sense of being very perceptive, understanding the underlying of what is really being said or what is really being shown to you, that's huge. And here we get into something that is really associated with this chakra, which is understanding and perceiving the, the cycles and the patterns. So it's not just saying, oh, I had this past life back in 2000 BC. Um, it's like being able to see the pattern that goes with all of those past lives, like being able to put them together under one heading, under one theme, and being able to understand how that affects you today why it makes you who you are, why it sets up your challenges, and why it sets up your skills, your, your siddhis, your, your powers, your abilities, um, all of this, and, and not just from that past life and future life standpoint, but from the today. You know, I had this happen as a child, or I was this as a child, and it set me up for what I'm experiencing today, which, of course, sets me up for what's being experienced in the future, going to be experienced in the future. So all of these cycles and patterns, and boy, again, it's this part of the brain that allows us to recognize all of that and to make sense of it so it's not just all gobbledygook, right? Um, that is like an enormous Thing for this simple, tiny chakra to be able to organize and to work with. And, you know, some of the, the challenges that somebody might have with this chakra, if it's either overstimulated um, or understimulated, can be like imagination run the muck or uh, paranoia or obsession, cyclical unwanted patterns of thought. Because, of course, everything is, you know, <laughs> in that pattern again. They're all associated. can be nightmares, confusions, illusions, you know, sometimes um, the desire to be manipulated or to be controlled so you don't have to make the decisions yourself kind of a thing. Poor memory. Um, you know, sometimes it can manifest in Alzheimer's and stuff like that later on in life, dementia, that kind of thing. Addictive personalities. All of that, right? But when it's balanced, you have this healthy, imaginative state. Like, you know, Einstein says that, or said, excuse me. Well, maybe he does say to those of us who are able to perceive him psychically. Um, but he said, he used to say that imagination was the first step of really understanding the inner nature of things. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing there. But that's the idea 
that, you know, it kind of, imagination kind of fills in the blanks, and it takes us places that we might not have ordinarily gone on our own. It allows us to make those great mental leaps that allow us to totally understand things. So balanced imagination, insightful perceptive, um, instinct, um, psychic gifts, um, being very organized, very forward thinking, very clear, very discerning, having your action come after thought as opposed to the other way around where then you find yourself in trouble, you know, all of this stuff, being able to be empathic, clairvoyant, clairaudient, being able to communicate and see other realms, again, of the past, present, and the future, having knowing and really understanding that sense of knowing, being able to perceive the energetic realm, um, seeing devas or um, which are, you know, like those nature fairies, those nature spirits, or seeing your guides or angels or hearing them. And, of course, it connects to that plane, that aspect of being where everything starts to manifest. So here again, I'm going to say it's really so important to be clear, right? You want to be able to perceive of your guides clearly. You want to see your angels clearly. You want to be able to communicate with your loved ones clearly. And you want to manifest clearly. You don't want to just say, I want a car, but gee whiz, now it's manifested without the engine. That kind of defeats the purpose. So you know what I'm saying? Or to manifest money, but it's locked up in an account that you can't get to. Do you see what I'm saying? All of this kind of stuff, clarity, super important. Okay, let's see where I am going from here. Um, can we take a caller at this point in time, Miss Claudia? Yes, we can. So let's go to California and let's bring Christy to the show. Hello, how are you? Hey, Christy, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm not sure if I really have a question. I was just listening and learning because I, I don't know, I just feel I'm possibly could be an, an empath. I'm not sure. So I was kind of learning, actually. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's it's really interesting because empaths are a little different from psychics. And mm-hmm. um, empaths, you know, they, they have that feeling sense, um, oftentimes referred to as goosebumps or can be like, I have a good feeling or I don't have a good feeling about such and such or where I'm at or what I'm doing or who I'm with or what's happening. Um, you know, it's really, it's really interesting. I think that empaths are also pretty prone to picking up on a lot of collective unconsciousness. And I see you going through that in phases and stages. So what your guides are showing me is that you kind of come in and out of these periods where you are more empathic and less empathic. And I want to say that's a good thing. (laughs) This is what Uh you're you know, your soul is pretty darn smart and is always going to set things up for you that is going to create the easiest path. Contrary to popular belief, I mean, when we're knee deep in the muck, we're like, oh, this is so hard. And and your soul's going, yeah, well, you should have seen what it was going to be. So this is the easy path, right? So we always forget that part. 
but <laughs> you 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 tend to come in and out of these periods and i want to say that it's mainly when you are well it's twofold they're showing me it's mainly when you are kind of in peaceful times of life where you find yourself being more easily able to pick up on things going on around you and, you know, these subtle energies of the collective um, and, and, and what you're sensing when you walk into a room or what have you. Um, mm -hmm. And when you are, you know, having a lot of turmoil and trouble, then, of course, all of that gets put to uh, the back burner. And, you know, I think that's pretty common. I could say that about anybody, but I want to say that for you, it kind of um, – is done specifically, um, purposely, so that you have the opportunities to focus where you need to focus when you need to focus on them. And then in those times when you don't need to focus so strongly on, you know, whatever challenges you might be working through, then there it is again. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like this process, like I'm seeing this over arching process of becoming and by the end of this lifetime you will be in that empathic state pretty much 24 7 because of this mm -hmm. process of going forward stepping back going forward stepping back and you do not do two steps forward two steps or one step back or one step forward two steps back it's step for step so you go forward a step you step back at a, a step um, so it's it's really very even paced very even keeled very balanced I love that for you mm, does all of this okay. make sense oh it totally makes sense it's you're like saying everything you like I know <laughs> yeah you're right you're, so you like know me it's kind of weird <laughs> yes <laughs> excellent well, I'm glad to hear that. And I'll tell you, you know, honey, when I say to you, by the end of this lifetime, you're going to be in that state like a pretty permanent level, that means that you have to be able to really work with that and control that, right? Um, and that's important. So allow these steps back that come every so often as like, take them as blessings and allow them to show you what they're going to show you so that when you reside in that pure empathic state, you do so in this sense of balance and well-being. So many blessings to you, my friend. How do you learn like more about this or because like I even have dreams and then the dreams come to be like, oh, that really happened in my dream, you know, like how do you learn more right. about any of this? Well, that actually is more psychic. So that is, that is a different level um, that goes uh, beyond the empathic. And, you know, um, you can enroll in any number of courses. Um, I have one going right now, by the way, um, that you can contact me about. Um, but, you know, learning to open to your psychic abilities and doing it in a very balanced way. Oh, which is so important, right? So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I would suggest looking into psychic development um, courses or classes. You can talk to me about that, again, privately online um, with email or what have you. Um, mm -hmm. By the way, my email is sati at seekingdivinity.com. Um, just saying that again in case Sonia's still listening, too. But, um, yeah, patience. 
So mm-hmm. if you are finding that your dream stuff is also coming true, um, I would say get a, yourself a little like journal and start writing down the the impressions that you get psychically through dreams and empathically what you're getting from your surroundings and just start keeping note and start seeing, you know, how many of them manifest and in which ways they manifest because it'll help you to understand how clear you are, right? Because Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. you see, if you see a car accident with a red car and a blue car and then you pass it, and you go, mm-hmm. wow, red car, blue car, whoop-de-doo, that's pretty good. Um, that's different from I sense a car accident coming for somebody that I'll see on the highway over the next couple of weeks. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So keeping yeah. track of some of that stuff so you can really kind of like tally up and, and see what's going on and how, how where you're at with all this, right? Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yes, thank you. You are welcome, Miss Christie. Please continue the path. You're doing great. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. Thank you as well. Thank you. All right. So the Agnya Chakra is usually deep indigo colors, like I said before, but it changes. All of the chakra colors change over time. Um, And as, you know, with adeptness as you get better working with it. So um, later on, you'll find that it gets almost like this kind of like a black light, um, kind of a pink, right? I mean, it's it's like a lavender. It's like a pink. Um, this is um, pretty common. So you'll have that, that dark blue edged in that color. And, you know, the my guide's, created this meditation that I like to give out to people and I'm going to give it to you now it's really very easy you put yourself into a quiet room a quiet space and you close your eyes and you allow yourself to become quiet and centered inside and you focus on what's called the lavender pea hence the name of the meditation it's called lavender pea (laughs) and It's at the center of the brain, right where the third eye chakra is, where those two lines, the one between your ears and the one uh, between the eyes that run to the back of the head, where those intersect um, at the center of the brain. It's right at the pituitary, which happens to be about the size of a pea, funny enough. And this, focusing on it as a lavender color and just allowing yourself to see in the center of your head to visualize this little pea-sized lavender light in as much 3D as you can and just focusing on that, nothing else. And then coming out of that state very quietly, reopening your eyes, your physical eyes, that really helps to bring a lot of things into balance on physical, mental on brain levels, on nervous system levels, on in regards to this chakra itself, balancing it, um, being able to um, start to open up psychically, open up empathically. Um, This does all of that in such a very balanced, very beautiful way. And it's very quieting, very calming, very peaceful. So you come out of it 
feeling really renewed and wonderful. Um, so I'm glad that I got to give that to you. I wasn't sure if the guides would want that, but evidently we're going there today. So um, let's see what else that they want to talk about here. Um, diet. For whatever reason, they want to kind of give you a little understanding of, of diet. Working with B6, B as in boy, the vitamin B6, arginine or tryptophan, um, a diet rich in veg vegetables, fruits, omega-3s, whole grains. You can put some eggs in that, grapes, tomatoes, beans. And you can also, you know, eat fowl if, if you are not a vegetarian. These are some things that can help to bring the brain and bring in actuality both the pituitary gland and the agnya chakra into balance, also by reducing salt and sugar. Um, so let's see what else that I want to speak of here. I have like a gazillion notes that I was like, well, I could speak of this and this and this and this. Um, Sama, um, Samatha Vava. Vava always translates in, from Sanskrit to like a state of being or an energy, um, a feeling, a sense, a, a, usually of well-being, but it doesn't have to be, but, you know, gives you that idea that, you know, there is this state of bhava um, and samatha. So samatha bhava has to do with psychic balance, and it is crucial to being able to work well with your um, psychic abilities, no matter what they are, um, and brings on like even the more extreme psychic abilities like telepathy. Um, and, and this comes through control of the senses and the mind and the bodies, um, all of the bodies, not just the physical. And so this is something that is really interesting to work with. Like I started opening up psychically uh, when I was a young girl, my mom used to tell me all of the time that I was very close to God. Um, I used to come back and say to her, I had conversations with God. I used to tell my grandmother that while I was swinging on the swing, she always pushed me on the swing. And I always would say to her, you know, I spoke with God, God said, blah, 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 whatever. I'm sure they thought I was just such an unusual child. But anyway, when I was seven, I remember standing in the window. Um, we had a large window in the front of our house, and it was Christmas time. All the Christmas lights were up. And my main guide, my, my guru from lifetime to lifetime, was stand, came and stood next to me. He was not much taller than I was, short little East Indian man. Darling, most beautiful soul. And he came to me and he said, you remember what you're supposed to do here this lifetime, right? I said. And he goes, okay, it's about to start. Now, I was at seven. He was probably a half a foot taller than I was. Um, just darling, old, beautiful old guy. Kind of reminds me of Yoda. <laughs> for many reasons, but, you know, 
he's not Yoda. Um, but when I saw Yoda when I was 12 on the big silver screen, I was like, oh, my gosh, there he is. Um, then when I was eight, I remember my mother was giving me a haircut. She always gave me haircuts. We didn't have a whole lot of money. And, um, you know, that was kind of the thing back in the 70s. You would get haircuts by your mom, and you hope to God she didn't put the bowl on your head when she gave them to you, you know. And uh, she was cutting my bangs, and I was, and we were in the laundry room because that was always where we did the haircuts. And I remember there was no rock and roll in our house at that point in time. This would have been the early 70s. But I remember hearing a Rolling Stones song, or what I perceived of later, remembered of later, recognized as being a Rolling Stones song. But I can't remember which one it was now. Um, I, it might have been painted paint it black, but I'm not sure. But anyway, I remember feeling like I was on some weird hallucinogenic drug, and I was actually kind of terrified um, in that moment. I thought of it specifically at age eight as I was on some kind of drug. Not that I knew anything about drugs. I mean, back at that time in the early 70s, this would have been like 70. 273, somewhere around there, you know, people didn't talk to their kids about drugs like that. And certainly they wouldn't go into what kind of drugs did what or hallucinogens. And I didn't specify it that way in my mind. It was more that I just felt like really dizzy. Everything was swimming. I saw all of these weird colors and patterns floating all over the place. And, and it really freaked me out, I got to say, especially hearing this rock and roll in the back of my head. Well, that was me picking up on collective consciousness at the time um, so and not recognizing it as such. Then at age nine, I had my first past life experience in which I remembered a death from the lifetime right immediately well, two before this one, um, but like in the 20s, born in the 60s. So it wasn't too far. It was like really quick. And, and I came back twice very, very fast, which is really unusual. But there's purpose to everything. So it's interesting how, you know, this concept of Samatha Bhava, being able to be well-governed, of self, being able to understand what you're going through. I'm sure all of us can think of some experience where we felt something that typically we don't normally go, oh, yeah, that happens every day, <laughs> you know? Like you walk into a room, you have a bad feeling. As a child or as an adult or you, you see a, a spirit there or you look at your uncle and all of a sudden you're like, I always thought I liked that guy, but no, he's not a good dude. What's the deal, you know? I mean, all of these things, being able to have that control and that ability to understand what's happening to you is paramount. And the... Lunar nadi, the ida, that runs up the spine and terminates in the, the sinuses and the left nostril, which is right in this area of the third eye chakra. You know, it's called the lunar 
but it also is called the Luna, as in lunatic. So it's really important to be able to cultivate solid balance while you're going through these changes and these awakenings. And that's another reason I like to speak of this chakra first before I speak of any other chakra, so that you can see the other chakras, how they're working in your being, so that you can look at yourself from all these different perspectives, and so that you can always keep in the back of your mind that the key to working with any of this stuff, any of the energies that are out there in the world, is to maintain balance, clarity, and discernment. Ms. Claudia, I know we are at our, our our time, and that's what I've really come to say today. Is there anybody else that has been waiting so patiently that I might serve before we conclude today, or should we just call it a day? Well, there is a caller that has been listening, but I am asking that caller to press 1, so I know uh, that caller wants to have a question. And I have also a, a comment of, for myself so you mentioned the cycles and patterns right when you right. have the cycles and patterns in your past life and you were talking about a theme do you right. mean by that that each one of us has a specific theme in your life like let's say you come as a priest you would continue to come in areas of priestesses and things like that all of the all of your lifetimes or do you go from one area to the other area just for the experience this is such an excellent question oh my god so i want you to think of your life on the big level as in your soul's life not you as little claudia but you as big giant soul <laughs> um your divine self Think of that as a tapestry of different threads and different colors, and they're all interwoven. If you pull on a single thread, pick a thread, any thread, that thread is going to have a specific theme to it. Maybe there, is, um, maybe there are many knots on that thread. Maybe there's only 10 knots on that thread. Let's say that thread is labeled priestess, so, or it could be priest, right? So then all of the lifetimes that come under the, the heading of that would be represented by a knot, let's say. Knot, let's say we had 10, like I said, maybe 10, maybe they're limitless, but then you have those 10 lifetimes on that thread that all dealt with this overlying theme of being a priest or priestess and serving the spiritual growth of humanity. So, yes, that is very true, Claudia, but it is only one thread out of maybe hundreds of thousands. That's always hmm. a mind grabber, isn't it? It is. It's like I, I want to say to people, we are so much bigger than we realize we are. I wish everybody could understand that and could realize that because 
the small little tiny things of the day-to-day kind of pass away in importance when you realize how big we are. And yeah, we might be this little part of that. I said little Claudia, right? So, you know, that this is the little piece of your soul that you are. If, if we were to take a normal size piece of paper, which is what, eight by 11, and you like tear off a corner, that's Claudia, the rest is the soul, right? So I'm, I'm just trying to give a way for people to really understand the enormity of who we are, not just on an individual scale, but then you make that collective. Another way to look at it is this earth is gargantuan. But it's itty bitty teeny tiny when compared to the 13.4 or 13.8 billion year size of our cosmos, of our universe. And do we have one? Or is it like cosmologists think? We have string theory, which holds for multiple, multiple, multiple universes of the same size across the expanse of eternity. Yeah, this is all uh, the third eye kind of concept, right? When you're dealing with the third eye chakra, you're dealing with the teeny, tiny, minute, tiny patterns down to the smallest amount of information and how that fits in the larger scheme of things. So hopefully by now you can see why it's really good to start at chakra number one and kind of work <laughs> your way through the number six so that by the time you get to number six, your mind is not like it's still intact. It's not blown to smithereens, right? <laughs> well, thank you, Sati. So I'm going to be writing to your email, Sati, at sickenddivinity.com uh, if I want to have a longer conversation. Right. And Miss Claudia, let me say that, you know, my chakra um, course, which you guys got a small, tiny sampling of today, is going to be coming out in early summer. Um, so, and that's my best guess. But I know I had been saying earlier, late spring, but um, the guides have kind of added something else to my plate. So I'm trying to juggle both right now and make sure that I have all of my ducks in a row. But I want to say to everybody, you want to learn this kind of stuff and really dive deep. I will take you very deep into each chakra and into the chakra system as a whole so that you really understand it. And boy, it's life-changing. It is so life-changing. So, um, Claudia, I hope that people will take me up on that. Thank you so much for the opportunity of allowing me to serve today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening on this wonderful Friday. And again, Ms. Claudia, thank you so much for that beautiful question at the end. You could not have asked a better question. Thank you. And thank you for being here. And see you next month, everybody. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.